Welcome to the Vice of Issues. I'm Sly Crappa. I'm Ryan Lynch. I'm Phil Mavrikis. What? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty dumb. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> Welcome to Divisive Issues, a comic book podcast about stupid comic books and comic book related things. I'm Ryan Lynch. I'm Cy Crapper. And I'm Joe Ciano from Earth 2. <laughs> so, you might notice that Joe's dulcet tones sound a little less or more dulcet. I don't really know what dulcet means. I don't either. What's the reason for that, Ryan? <laughs> yeah, I forgot the joke. Okay, I got it, I got it. <laughs> So, it turns out that our main publisher, DC, wants to use Joe in a movie, so we have to use a bullshit character nobody cares about named Phil. That's me. Who's a lot more relatable to the hip teens. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that much about comics. If I look at my, my nerd licensing right here, yeah, my, my comic book nerd certification is only a class D, so, you know... So what does that mean? It means I've seen the comic book movies... You know, Sly's forced me to read a comic here and there, but, you know, I couldn't <laughs> I tell you. Point. Yeah, I gunpoint, obviously. Um, yeah. But I couldn't tell you which issues anything came from or the backstory of non-major characters. So to try to convince you that comic books are real literature for grown-ups, we had you join the show to read the worst comic books ever. I am a grown-up. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we doing today? Yeah, what are we doing today? Let's see. We are going to talk about the much-requested DC story Flashpoint by Jeff Johns and Andy Kubert. You want to give a little backstory on it, Sly? So this was the story that DC used to reboot their entire line of comic books back in whatever year, 2011? 2011. Something like that. Yeah, so basically this was the last hurrah for the pre- Flashpoint uh, version of the characters. So the, the characters that we got familiar with, and if we were reading comics at the time, for the last two decades or so, they were erased of the story and replaced with a new version of the characters. And this was a story that sent them all off. I think every single DC story we've done has been that era, right? Pre-Flashpoint. Uh, yep, we the haven't show? we haven't done a single uh, New Fifty Two as the uh, post-Flashpoint continuity is called uh, set of comics at all yet. So I have a question for you guys. Uh, when they rebooted, did they release more lines of comics as a result? Yes. Ah. They, it was called the New 52 because they bumped up the number of comics to 52. From which is, I have no idea how many they had before that. Hmm. It was like 36 or something. It was like it was like an exponential growth to the point people said, this will never last. And people were right. It didn't last. Yeah. They canceled most of the titles <laughs> after the first few months. Sounds like marketing bullshit to me. Yeah. And the new 52 era of DC actually ended like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Yeah. So They just rebooted it again. And that gives you a taste of how reliable DC continuity is and how much you can get yeah. invested in it. They've rebooted a bunch of times, and we're probably going to talk about each one of those reboots at some point. But right now, we're going to talk about Flashpoint. So, should we give the elevator pitch of what the story is, Sly? Well, it's a story where... Well, actually, let, let's let Phil do it. Yeah. Because Phil has no context. Okay. Or you should tell us what you thought this comic was based on how we described it. <laughs> so, years ago, <laughs> you described this as... Oh, this is going to have spoilers, I guess. 
Yeah, nobody read this book before we get into the spoiler. It's bad, so don't read it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the way I was told this book would go by you guys is that Flash ran back in time and punched his mom in the face, and <laughs> and everything changed. And kind of, when I read it, that's kind of the gist I got. Um, <laughs> the elevator pitch, I guess, is Flash falls down the stairs into an alternate timeline, and everything is terrible. That's the story. Yeah, pretty much. So the the backstory leading up to the story, 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 is that Barry Allen, the Flash, who if you've seen the TV show, that's, you know, he's the Flash, was dead for a long time. And he came back from the dead in like 2008, I think. And he was basically, he came back with a new origin that the reverse Flash his enemy, who Phil thinks his name is the stupidest name in the I mean, world. Come on, he's like Flash, but in reverse. Except he's you know? the same. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he Reverse Flash. It's revealed in the new retcon of his origin that Reverse Flash went back in time and killed Barry's mom, and that's what motivated him to become a superhero. So during the couple years between Barry coming back and Flashpoint. It was basically Barry learning to cope with the fact that his mom died because of him when he was a kid. And it was, you know, it was one of his enemies that he made as an adult that caused his mom to be killed. So that's pretty much where it leaves off his series. It wasn't very long. And that shifts us up to Flashpoint. And that series was written by Jeff Johns, who's writing Flashpoint. So a lot of people looked at this when it was announced as a continuation of what he had been doing with The Flash. And that's not quite what we got. So anything else to add, Sly, before we jump into this book? Well, do you think there's a target audience for this book? Uh, People who like alternate universe stories, maybe? Yeah, and if you like time travel, even if it's bad? <laughs> time travel at any cost. I'll read a terrible story just to do time travel. Yeah, then you'd like this, I guess. Yeah, I guess you can't argue that. <laughs> If you like garbage, this book is just for you. Okay, so it starts with a quick recap of that thing I just said about how Barry's like a little kid and his mom got killed. And it like quickly recaps his origin that he was hit by lightning and chemicals splashed all over him. And now he can run really fast. Now, there's someone narrating this saying that like he was... You know, he was sad about his mom, but then as soon as he became the Flash, he left all those ghosts behind. He found love. He found a family. And and for the first time ever, he found friends. And it's a big montage of the Justice League. So you're telling me that the Flash had no friends until he was like 30? <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah, and he's a grown-ass man. <laughs> and I mean he's a grown ass man not a grown ass man like he likes yeah, asses. The, the flash the flash is nothing if not an ass man i mean look at iris <laughs> yeah so barry wakes up and he seems very very confused and he goes to run away and he falls down the stairs then what happens but why is he confused though because the his like buddy forrest or whatever his name is is like mentioning much like this book is bringing up these characters that we've never heard of and don't we don't care about and barry's like Wait, who, what, who is that? What? And then they're quickly forgotten and moved on past. Yeah, I had no idea who's a Pied Piper, Citizen Cold, or Captain Cold. And then he just falls down the stairs. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah. Yeah. And then he sits up, and who does he see? His mom. What? What? And he says, what? Mom? And she's like, it's my birthday, remember? You promised you'd take me to dinner. And... 
So I guess we're in a different world now because mom's supposed to be dead, but mom is not dead. Barry's strolling with his mom. Barry goes to see his wife, and she's with someone else. And then he's like, tell me, mom, uh, what about Superman? And she's like, who's that? And he's like, mom, I have something to tell you. I'm the Flash. And she's like, who the fuck is the Flash? But she knows who Batman is. She knows who Batman is. So this is a world where the superheroes we know don't exist. But Batman does, because Batman's in everything, because he's too popular not to be. (laughs) And then we cut to Batman. Yeah. And he basically looks like regular Batman. Yeah. Except his red eyes. His eyes are red. Yeah. His red eyes. What's Batman doing? Um, He's trying to kill someone. It's basically a Flashpoint version of Harley Quinn. So it's on the reality version of Harley Harley Quinn. Hey, Sly, does this character matter at all? Does this character show up at all ever again? No. Because he's like, where's the Joker? Where is he? (laughs) Where is he? <laughs> or you won't kill me. Do they talk about the Joker in the book, or is that just in the movie? No, uh, there's a. They only talk. Okay, we should get to this now because we keep glossing over it. And I might as well bring it up now. So this book, okay. like most co- comic events, and this is why I hate most comic events, assumes you read all the fucking tie-ins to get the full story. And yeah. most of the stuff they bring up does not show up in this book at all. It only happens, it happens in tie-ins. So if you read the, the Batman tie-ins, you'll know that in this universe. Uh, there's a different Joker, and uh, you know, Citizen Cole is actually a Flash villain who's a good guy in this universe, and all sort of stuff. But like, if you read just the, the Flashpoint story, you have no idea what the fuck is going on. I had no idea what was happening in most of this story. I'll be honest. I know they most of these characters, and I had barely an idea what was going on in most of the story. They just yeah, mention same. people; they don't matter, and then that seems to be the big problem of the story: is nothing matters. <laughs> Yeah, anyone we, can see. Nothing really matters. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about this yeah. a little bit uh, back in Civil War, like, oh, you know, tie-ins. You know, it's good that Captain Marvel is only brought up like casually and not like uh, with too much detail. And you can read the actual tie-in to uh, understand the full story. And we were arguing that a little bit, but I think looking back on it, Ryan was right. Civil War did it best, where you just bring it up in the, like in the background, you have the character show up and not be mentioned at all. Yeah, and you get to read that tie-in to understand what's going on, rather than this book. Which says, go read the other book, go read the other book repeatedly every single issue, basically. Yeah, and it's really annoying. Because, like, they keep introducing all these characters that just don't matter at all. So, anyway, Batman tries to kill Harley Quinn, and Cyborg stops him. You know, Cyborg from Teen Titans, he's a guy with robot parts. And then, so, (laughs) Cyborg is... (laughs) This part is so weird to me. They're standing on a rooftop, and it's Cyborg and Batman, and Cyborg's trying to convince Batman to join his Justice League, or whatever they're called. What are they called? Like, the Super Society or something? I don't know. Whatever. And then it's a... He, like, turns on a spotlight, and there's this whole long, giant bunch of characters standing behind them. Did they not notice them? No, they had a hol- they're a hologram. It's a hologram, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that at all. He, like, turns on the character's... Uh, for cinematic effect, you know, I, I like to imagine they're oh, they're doing okay. the Batman thing to him, where you know where he sneaks up on on, on him. <laughs> and this... I didn't know they were holograms at all. Yeah, that's why one of them is like, "You can't, why are you pointing a gun at me? It doesn't matter. We're not really here." Yeah. Oh, I thought that was he was having an existential crisis. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nothing really matters anyway. Well, everyone is really depressed though, because in this world, Aquaman and Wonder Woman hate each other and invaded Europe and a bunch of other places. 
And everyone thinks the world's going to end soon. Cause yeah, yeah so Wonder Woman and her Amazon army and Aquaman and his Atlantis army are at war. Yeah, I yeah. think they, it's more than they hate each other. They sank Western Europe into the ocean. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I think they mentioned that like 150 million people are dead as a result of this war so far, which is by far the highest casualties of any war ever. Um, because yeah. Atlantis sinks Europe and then... The Amazons take over England. Something like they that. have. They go into a lot of the geography here, and like it doesn't matter. Yeah, the theme of the book so, is nothing really matters. Yeah. So out of this this whole giant list of characters, do any of these superheroes actually matter to the plot? No. In fact, uh, a lot of them are dead before the final issue even occurs. They die. Yeah, all, that's true. Out that's of true. Comic. So I think the only one that really matters is Shazam, who normally we mentioned him. On a different episode, I don't remember which one. Cry for justice. Yeah, so he is a little boy who says Shazam and turns into a big boy. Little boy, big boy. In this universe, he's five little boys and two little girls. <laughs> yeah, it's three. I don't know. A bunch of little boys and a, a <laughs> bunch of little girls say Shazam like Captain Planet and turn into a big boy. <laughs> you can call like Captain Thunder in this universe Cap- too. Yeah, yeah, they call him Captain Thunder. And they're trying to convince Batman to join their stupid Justice League thing to stop the war. And Batman's like, no, it's stupid. Just like us. Yeah, Batman's like, this is stupid, fuck off. And then, every- and then everyone's like, I guess we're not going to... Because Batman it was needed to keep the universe relevant, we're going to cancel this franchise. <laughs> yeah, and okay, the thing that's so weird about this, all these people have like crazy superpowers. Batman's just like an old dude. Yeah. Why do they need him so bad? And yeah, they, they really... They, they cancel everything just because Batman isn't joining and like yeah, they won't join. They were doesn't join. they were all ready to go too until Batman says no, and then they're like, oh wait, sorry. Immediately they all just say, yeah, suicide. Sorry. So then Barry, totally unrelated to this, says, I gotta go find the one person who could figure out what the hell's going on, and he goes to find Batman. That's kind of related. And like he's going to find Batman. No, I mean like Barry. I mean independent of this event. Oh, okay. Barry doesn't know this is happening. Well, no one really knows. Yeah, this is like a I mean. secret uh, superhero meeting. Yeah, on top of a big roof in the middle of the city with, like, all these hologram dudes. But anyway, so Barry goes to Wayne Manor, where Batman lives, and it's all, like, dilapidated. There's no Alfred. There's just garbage everywhere. And he goes down into the Batcave, and he basically is saying, like, Batman attacks him. And he's like, Bruce, wait, wait. And he's like, Bruce is dead. Ooh, we, and then We he, missed an important he, point. Uh, Flash doesn't have his powers, so Batman actually oh, yeah. is beating the shit out of him. Yeah, that's why he fell down the stairs because he doesn't know how to walk. Like, when walk he runs, it changes how he goes downstairs. <laughs> I guess. But, but is it Bruce Wayne that Flash talked to? No. So here's the big reveal: the final page of issue one is it's Batman with his fist clenched, about to punch Barry in the face, and he goes, "You're not Bruce Wayne. You're Thomas Wayne." Dun dun dun. Which is Barry's? Which is Bruce's dad? The guy who says Mark. Ha- <sighs> yeah, he has the mask on. And Barry's never met Bruce's dad. How does he know that he's Thomas Wayne? Because... I think context clues. Yeah, he looks... He says, I watched him die. This is a crazy alternate universe where nothing is the same. How but does that it's matter? It's because the the picture of the family is there, like Batman's was, and there's the gun that shot someone. So it's like, you're still obsessed with the family being shot, but if Bruce is dead, you couldn't be Martha I would think, Wayne. I would think it's Alfred, personally. Hmm. <laughs> But yeah, uh, and I mentioned that the Joker is someone else in this universe. In this universe, the Joker is Martha Wayne. She goes crazy after Bruce dies. What? I actually think that that concept is awesome. Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, that's pretty crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. They they mentioned that briefly in the movie adaptation. 
I assume it's probably in the Batman tie-in. It is a Batman tie-in. It is. Uh, I actually wouldn't read it. It's by Brian Azzarello, who's a pretty good writer. Yeah. I PG, like how PG. Thomas Wayne Batman, like he's like, I need to have red glowing eyes with my costume because that'll yeah. show the type of person I am. Oh yeah, but yeah, the, he's he's a sleepy person, <laughs> or he's stoned. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this this Batman, by the way, when he tried to murder Carly Quinn, it's supposed to show that this Batman is more harsh and evil than our Batman. Like he's, he doesn't give a shit about the rules or law or anything. Yeah. yeah, it's fucking every alternate universe DC story ever written. Yeah, look how edgy Batman is. And that ends issue one. Uh, how does issue yeah. two open up with? Issue two is Aquaman fucking killing a bunch of dudes. Yeah, and Wonder Woman later on because much of this too. So they're both dicks. So many yeah, look, dudes. This that... is a universe where everyone is so edgy. Yeah, yeah. And none of these characters, I have no idea who these people are. He's like, Electric Eel, stop. And he's like, Oh, shut up, Deathstroke. And it's like, Oh, no, it's Warlord. And everyone just dies immediately. So I don't yeah, know. Who's Electric Eel? I've read a know. lot of DC comics. Who the fuck is Electric Eel? Good question. We're going to need Icicle also... up here if Plasmus is here. <laughs> like, who are these people? I thought they were making up names. That'd be funny if they were just fucking making up names and Jeff Johns like, no one will fucking tell the difference. That's the thing is, some of these characters are different versions of existing characters. So, like, instead of Metamorpho, it's Element Woman. And I know Element Woman exists, but, you know, it, they're all, like, they're supposed to be alternate wor- versions. But there's also made-up characters. So, like, I don't know. I don't I, I don't know. know but it, nobody matters. No, and like Nobody but Grifter. Ocean Master? Who the fuck? Ocean Master exists. He's Aquaman's brother. Oh, okay. okay. But that doesn't matter. So I, one thing I'd like to say before we get further into the Flash part of this issue, the cover is Batman flipping a switch on an electric chair <laughs> and electrocuting the Flash. Yeah. And the Flash looks like he's taking a shit. He really does. <laughs> and you know, the first issue we cover, we didn't mention this before, but it looks like Flash's clothes are falling off to me. Oh, um, they are. They definitely are. And this one is him taking a shit, so I don't know the theme of this. Yeah, w- yeah, the theme is Flash is a dirty bird, and he's doing lots of weird stuff. But also, uh, the scene, I'm going to get to it when we get to the scene, but that's not what happens. It's not an electric chair that Batman flips the switch on. <laughs> well, it looks more dramatic, so that gets people to read it. Yeah, especially because the, the cliffhanger was he's beating up Barry Allen, so he's probably going to give him the death penalty now. Yeah. Yeah, probably. For trespassing <laughs> into the Batcave, you will die. <laughs> so, Phil, do you want to talk about the scene when Barry tries to take out his costume and show it to Batman. Okay. So they're fighting and he's trying he's trying to explain mid being beaten up by Batman. No, I'm from an alternate universe. I'm the Flash. I knew your son. And you know, Thomas Wayne's like, "Ah, oh, what the hell are you talking about?" And <laughs> You sound like a fucking idiot. Yeah, he's like You sound like a shitty fucking DC writer. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way this story's plausible, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> And then he pulls out his ring, and he's like, oh, I can, sh- I can prove what's going on. And then this clown oh, no, cop- his ring, like, falls out of his coat. Yeah. It- and he was looking for that ring in issue one. Did he really just have it in his pocket and didn't look? And then he's like, ah, oh, this will prove who I am. And he presses the ring, and, like, this clown costume pops out. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure what it is. Um, I, I figured out after, through context clues, that this is the costume of Professor Zoom. The reverse Flash. <laughs> yeah. yeah, great name. Okay, I love <laughs> Professor Zoom. Me too. I know Phil does not. But I... from a new reader perspective, I totally understand why a big dopey yellow costume from 
Eobard Thawne from the future is pretty stupid. Not to mention, when you have, like, a big latex costume like that that's no one's inside, it just looks like a big deflated clown costume. Like, it, it does. It's, it its really arms does. are just, like, it's like a wavy inflatable arm man. And uh, it's like you're almost, it's like right before you beat Mr. Patch in Banjo-Tooie. That's what he looks like, right, guys? Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But this is uh, something that annoys me because this is like the worst way to ever to introduce your main villain. Like, you just find his costume. Well, spoilers, but... he's not even the main oh, wait, villain. wait, you mean I... the worst way is just by saying, let me tell you about him. He's a scientist from the 25th century. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just like, you yeah. just find, like, imagine like Star Wars. They, they find Darth Vader's closet and they find his <laughs> costume there. And then they say, let me tell you about Darth Vader. Darth Vader's this big evil guy with Jedi powers and he can force choke you. And then you never see Darth Vader again until the final act. That would be a great villain, right? great villain no that'd be bad yeah and um i really like that batman goes the reverse flash why would his uniform be inside your ring and how the hell does he even fit in there and barry's just like it's in there because he put it there yeah and he's that doesn't explain he's so paranoid too because he's like he's watching us right now he's moving so fast he's invisible i don't know what's going on and <laughs> also, I really like this line where he's like, until I became the Flash and I discovered my entire life had been targeted by an enemy I hadn't even made yet. It was revenge in reverse. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think that's just revenge. The same way <laughs> the same way that reverse Flash is just like another Flash. He, reverse Flash would be just slow man. <laughs> Eternal, <laughs> another Flash villain. Um, I, I like to think... <laughs> Shit, I don't remember what joke I was about to make. It probably was shitty. Oh, well. It probably was It was shitty. probably dumb. Yeah. All right, oh, well. so uh, what do they want to do now? Oh, that they... I was going to say revenge is a dish best served in reverse, <laughs> which is, is a shitty joke. You guys are yeah, right. you should just not say that. You should not say anything. I, I already you did. Sh- you yeah. should just end this. Well, we're going to have to go back in time now and punch Ryan in the face before he says that joke, but then... Yeah. So basically, <laughs> so at this point, we'll pretend I didn't say that. Barry basically says, like, in my world, Bruce was still alive and you were killed. So if you help me stop the reverse flash, I can kill you. Undo this. <laughs> I could kill you and Batman and your son could live. So that's what convinces him, like, okay, I'll 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 help you set things right. I wanna die. <laughs> I wanna die. But also, basically. uh uh, just to point out that Barry's memories are like shifting to a new timeline so now he remembers oh yeah Wonder Woman's uh, an asshole and so is Aquaman and they're trying to destroy the world so there's like a ticking time bomb of if, if Flash uh, stays in this world new timeline too long he'll forget all the memories of his own timeline and then uh, he'll forget he has to, to do it. it yeah yeah. I mean yeah. you could just like write yourself like a Google Doc or something but whatever <laughs> yeah um, just take notes you, ha- you well i guess he doesn't have his powers right now but whatever but uh so what is what is barry's plan to solve everything <laughs> oh this is so good the best plan i've ever heard who wants to say it it's too good okay so barry wants to recreate his experiment but what he does is he sets up all these dangerous chemicals around an, a chair with a lightning rod on it and it's of course it's now storming out because you know, of course. It's convenient. Yeah. Yeah, so he has all these chemicals set up, and he basically makes lightning hit the chair, so all these chemicals explode all over him. It's like, it's just and such then... an amazing, <laughs> amazingly stupid plot. Like, it's it's amazingly stupid that that could happen once, but, you know, it's like, that's superhero origin stories, right? But to say, if yeah. I electrocute myself with a bunch of dangerous chemicals again, it's going to make me the Flash again, is just, it's just amazing. <laughs> so does it work? Well, I mean, the issue ends with him being burnt 
scarred, laying there in Batman's arms. Um, like you kind of expect for someone who just got struck by lightning and had dangerous chemicals sprayed on them. Yeah, and he just looks like fucked up. Like, obviously he's not a superhero. He's just like a dead guy. Yeah. But they have a map of the Flashpoint world. And me and Ryan take this for granted because we know the regular universe. But Phil had a very unique perspective on it that we didn't even think consider. <laughs> yeah. Who controls Africa, Phil? <laughs> I noticed this map at the end where they show what's what's the Flashpoint world like. And the first thing I noticed is just Africa says, Africa, gorilla controlled. <laughs> And Phil was like, isn't that kind of racist? And we're like, oh, there's a gorilla city, Phil. Oh, see. Yeah, Africa has a gorilla city. It's a city run by super smart gorillas. But yeah, I'd say out of context to our new reader, that's pretty racist. Yeah, it's it's pretty jarring, just like gorilla-controlled Africa. I don't know what the deal with that is, but... And who controls Brazil? Uh, the, Nazi, the Nazis occupy Brazil somehow. Yeah, why are there Nazis in this world? Yeah, especially since... The reason, the point at which history changes isn't related to Nazis at all. Not even that, but wouldn't you think if Wonder Woman and Aquaman had these giant superhero armies that were, like, destroying the world, how did the Nazis take power? Yeah, especially because uh, Europe is underwater. Well, they snuck yeah. in while everyone was, everyone was focusing on Wonder Woman and Aquaman. They were like, That's... They snuck into Brazil? Or yeah. they snuck into the ocean? <laughs> I, like, I don't get it, and just everything like when you look at this map it's just it's like it's a cluster of garbage nonsense to me as a new reader like it's like oh this place controlled by the mysterious well, 12 uh this well, place to be fair this whole comic is a cl- cluster of nonsense bullshit um japan is tornado protected <laughs> <laughs> like what does this mean oh wait oh. wait wait yeah. tornadoes like Tornadoes? I can't tell. It might be a superhero. And also, Alaska. Oh, Red Tornado, maybe? Alaska, land of the undead. <laughs> what? Okay, cool. I guess if you were buying this monthly, and you like went to the comic shop and bought it, and saw this map, and then also saw tie-ins next to it about like the attack of the killer tornadoes or whatever... <laughs> Then, like, I guess it would be, like, more incentivizing you to buy tie-ins? But I think more people would be like, that sounds stupid, I'm not reading that. Uh, these are people that are reading Flashpoint. We are people. We, we read Flashpoint. What are you stupid. saying about us, Ryan? I'm saying we're stupid. Oh, Shit, right. they figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> Issue 3 on the cover is, you see the back of someone that looks kind of like Superman's head. And the camera's right behind him, so you only see the top of his head. And then you see Barry, Batman, and Cyborg looking... Like, oh my god, what is that? And I'd like to think that he's naked, Superman. <laughs> yeah. And they're looking at him like, oh god, what? He probably is. So after Barry gets recruited by chemicals, what does he try to do after that? Um, the only thing any smart person does when being electrocuted and spraying chemicals on yourself didn't work. You spray chemicals on yourself and electrocute yourself again. But this time it works. So This convenient. time it works. Yeah. Oh, this is also the line when Batman goes, you really are crazy. And he goes, yeah, like a fox. Yeah. I mean, like, it it went from, like, really dumb to, like, the dumbest thing. That not only do they try something so stupid again, but that the writers are like, but this time being struck by lightning with chemicals makes him the Flash. And just in time, because Batman's being flung off the roof and Flash can flash down there and save him and say, ha, I told you so. Yeah. So if like if it wasn't for Flash, Quincy getting his powers at that, at that point, they will both would have died right then and there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good plan. And Great plan. yeah. And this is when, this is when Barry officially convinces him 
to help because he also he runs upstairs and sews his own costume. Yeah. <laughs> like, but that seems like why? Okay, this isn't his universe. Nobody knows who the Flash is. No one knows who he Nobody is. Nobody knows really. who Barry Allen is. Well, I guess his mom does. Like people know who Barry Allen is, but why does he have to like keep his identity a secret? Um, he wants. It's a morale thing for him. He wants to feel like the Flash again. I, I guess. It makes so much sense. You should stop explaining how, stuff. How is he alive, though? I mean, um, you know, when you have third degree burns over your entire body, you die. When the Flash's extra powers is when he not only does he move fast, he also heals fast. But he yeah. he had those burns for a while talking to Bruce Wayne at, or Thomas Wayne after, being like, I gotta try again. I'll be okay. Because uh, comics LOL. Yeah. All right, I accept that explanation. <laughs> so at at this point, they're doing like some like basically Barry is like, I need some Google delivered exposition on this world <laughs> stat, and Batman like runs him through the whole universe, and Barry asks about Superman, the rocket, you know, the rocket that he came from, and basically that rocket crashed into Metropolis and like nuked the city. Yeah, yep. and the government seized all the like the rocket and all that stuff. So Batman goes to cyborg and says i'll help your like stupid justice league thing as long as we go investigate the superman thing first they break into they meet the superman yeah yeah they go to meet they go to not meet him they go to break him out of a secret facility yeah. and they see a bunch of messed up experiments done i guess this was like the, super dog. the skeleton the skeleton of crypto the super dog okay I, when it's when it was a canine skeleton i'm like they're making some kind of stupid reference here but i don't know what it is superman hey, has a dog hey. that's a super dog too hey don't you fucking talk shit about crypto super dog hey i'm not talking shit about him i'm talking shit about the writers of this comic okay even though uh, my favorite crypto stuff is also written by jeff johns so uh what happens after they find superman what does he look like He's like pale and really scrawny. He looks like Captain America before he gets the serum. And they make a they make a note they make it they make an obvious thing to say, I don't think he's ever seen the sun. Hint hint. This is actually my high point of the book, conceptually. I think this concept is really, really cool of a Superman who didn't have any of his family upbringing, who doesn't have any of his powers because his powers come from the sun, and he's just like this scared, like you know, Pray a little alien. experimented on alien. Yeah, but he's only scared for think... five minutes, and then he shoots lasers. Kind of. What happens? <laughs> so what happens is they escape from the base, and they get surrounded by like the army. And then Superman, at this point, like you know, he he starts to fly up in the air, and everyone turns their guns on him, and they yell "shoot to kill." And he accidentally shoots heat vision, like he can't control it because he looks so scared right after he shoots it. And then, and Barry's like, this is the guy that's going to save us. And then he just, like, flies away, terrified of what he just did. Yeah, he, like, he's, like, horrified by murdering all those people. Yeah, I don't think he and mur- he... Did he murder anyone? No. He just melted some guy's gun. He melted some guy's arm. In the, in the, sh- in the movie, he, like, super murders all these dudes. Oh, yeah. okay. So, so, yeah, Superman flies away, and basically... Batman's like, so there goes your fucking savior. Way to go. What are we going to do now? And there's a bunch of guys with guns trained on I chain. love this picture so much. Every army guy is dual wielding pistols at their heads. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It just looks so silly. And that ends issue three, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So issue four, 
uh, first of all, the cover is Barry, and he looks dead on the ground, and Wonder Woman and Aquaman are about to stab him, and it just looks like he's, like, dead or asleep, and they're just, like, gonna get him. Yeah. So, issue four opens, and uh, it's all the Shazam kids, the little boys and girls that are gonna turn into a big boy. <laughs> they're watching Obama on TV, Thank and God. I love the idea that everything about this universe is so fucked up, and everything's so different, and you can't imagine how crazy everything is. But with all those changes, we still have the same president. <laughs> yeah. And that always makes me like ask the question, like, really, you think that this whole impact on the world wouldn't change like American politics at all? Well, you know, this is a dark future, so you have to show the worst possible outcome, Ryan. And that means <laughs> President Obama. He's about to uh, bring in his Muslim terrorist brothers. Yeah, and uh, this is where he says all superheroes are now part of my death panel. <laughs> So, um, Hal Jordan's about to go fly off to attack. Uh, we don't have to go to Hal Jordan. He is so hard. The only reason why I mention this is because in the regular universe, Hal is Barry's best friend. And spoilers, Hal's like, I'm probably going to die on this mission. And he does. <laughs> and when Barry sees that on TV, it's his like, oh shit, like I really have to save this world. Now that it personally affects me, I actually have stakes in this. Where when watching everyone else die, that's fine. It's fine. I'll take my time. No, but to be fair, Barry is like, I could. Thomas Wayne is like, oh, you could just let this world die, whatever, fuck them all. And Barry's like, I have to save this world too, basically. Like he's like, I like yeah. you can, like you're right there. It's like it took Hal to really trigger that for him. But the fact he wants to stay and save this world before he leaves is kind of nice. Too bad that yeah. like storyline thing has no payoff because he's like, I want to save this world, but I just never mind. We have to end. But yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> so they're trying to get away from the army and. I love how Flash says, no need, Cyborg. I can disarm them quicker than... And he just gets shot. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay, super speed, whatever. Yeah. So I actually... Phil talks about this a lot, like, not on the show, where, like, a lot of superheroes would be like, I need to teleport out of the way of this truck. And then, like, in the amount of time it would take them to say that, they would get hit by the truck. Or like, oh, no, this guy's pointing his gun at me, my spider sense, or whatever. And I love that... The first comic we have you read is one where they actually go to say that, and they're like, no, fuck you, too slow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the Justice League characters, Element Woman, shows up and saves them all. She, she doesn't matter. She doesn't matter, but like... Wait, wait, there are, apparently... there are characters in the story that don't matter? <laughs> Could it be? And she shows up, and I guess she's more powerful than the fucking Flash. Because she can, her leg can turn into a tree. <laughs> yeah, and she makes gas cool. out of, I guess, her butt. I don't know. <laughs> and this is when they bring them to meet the Shazam kids. And while they're on their way, they're like, we don't want to save the world. Fuck the world. Bunch of assholes. And what convinces them, Phil? Pizza night. <laughs> the one... They're like, if the world was gone, there'd be no pizza. And the only, the kid who says this is the kid who apparently, according to earlier in the comic, has the wisdom of Solomon. so he's so smart and he goes no more pizza no more anything oh man so at this point batman like kicks in their door he i said that as a joke he does he fucking destroys their house yeah he does (laughs) he kicks in the door and throws an unconscious barry onto the couch and takes his mask off and he's like see this is this is why he had a costume now everyone look at him (laughs) uh and this is when, so this is when Hal dies on TV and Barry's like, this is it. We gotta, we gotta do something. And he runs out of the room and I thought he was running to 
like go do something he just runs into the kitchen <laughs> he wants pizza <laughs> <laughs> the world's not gonna end without a pizza party yeah that's true and this is when everyone decides that like the justice league is gonna get together and we're gonna go fight everybody the justice league of these random strangers who is just like i have no idea who any of these people are yeah and then smash so they're they're on their way to some island with the Justice League, and this is the island where it's like the big final fight between and, Aquaman and... Yeah, Wonder it's important to note that this place that they're going, Aquaman's bringing his army here to kill Wonder Woman. The U.S. army is coming here, and the Justice League are all coming to this, to new... It's like what England used to be. Yeah. New Temescura, which is yeah. Wonder Woman's island. Right. Yeah, whatever. So this is when uh, Aquaman and Wonder Woman are like, I can't believe I ever loved you. You killed my wife. I'm like, why do they add this romance plot in? I don't know. You have to give some reason for them to fight each other, because... Like, they're both dictators isn't enough? It's incredible. I mean, it's... it's As much as we like to think about, like, you know, wars have been started over love, it's, like, not really. Like, most of the wars you think about, like that, like Helen of Troy, they're, like, fic- they're like legends. People yeah. don't go yeah. to war over, like, you broke up with me. I'm gonna sink Western Europe and kill everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Enchantress, the character we just met, decides to turn coat and double agent and separates Big Boy into lots of little boys and girls. And then Billy gets stabbed from behind and he super explodes. Billy, yeah, they, they murder this fucking kid on panels. So the like, pizza boy. He's, is he the one who was normally Shazam in the other comics? Yeah. No. He's, he's, yes. Okay. He, has, he has to share Big yeah. Boy now in the story. <laughs> okay, I actually wanted to bring this up because he gets stabbed through the back from behind and i love jeff johns he's one of my favorite writers he might be my favorite comic writer every single fucking event he writes has at least one person in this book it's two get stabbed from behind off like they come from off camera and stab him from behind every time (laughs) and i don't know why you have no peripheral vision in the story by the way like, well, he just got well, separated out of Captain Thunder. Well, he has an excuse. Like, yeah, the next character has no excuse. Next character is Captain Thunder. Yeah. Oh, super no excuse. So then after he explodes, everyone's like knocked out except for the Flash. And look who's here. The reverse Flash. Professor Zoom. He has a great line. End of issue four. As, uh, oh, Barry, look what you did. <laughs> and it, behind him is thousands of dead people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is... Part four of five, the finale of part four or five. This is our first introduction to our main villain. If you, he's not even the main villain. I know, but he, he's our the only it's, actual it's hyped as if he is the antagonist. Yeah. Only the antagonist of the story. Uh, so you, I still stand by. He's not. He doesn't actually matter in the story at okay, all. Okay, you're right. You're actually, you're actually right about that. So, but no, like, no one matters. The guy who's hyped to be the main. But antagonist. it's who Barry's been chasing. Yeah. Yes, the guy that Barry's built up to fight shows up for first time for new readers. In this part of the story, right near the finale. Yeah. Yeah. And now, issue five. The cover is uh, Barry with a very detailed butt. Of course, <laughs> it's a speedster, uh, it's a speedster yeah. butt. And Batman's head's in the way, so I assume him and Reverse Flash are docking? <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> Just look at that face that and, he has on. So, this is issue five, the final issue of the pre reboot DC Universe. Um, and Let's it starts it. with a joke. It's taking you longer to get up to speed than I would have guessed. A <laughs> <laughs> little one for myself, there. It's pretty pretty <laughs> funny since everyone's being murdered around me. <laughs> He's a dick. That's what he does. Yeah. So what? What's actually the truth about this world? Did the first Flash really cause all this time travel shenanigans? 
No. No. So what actually happened, so but Barry goes back in time and saves his mom, and that's what causes this whole world. So Barry's mom being alive causes Batman to be Tom Swain, to have Bruce Stein instead. It causes Wonder Woman and Aquaman to start a world war. It causes Nazis to take over Brazil. It causes a rocket in space to change course and hit a city. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what he Reverse Flash tries to explain very poorly is you broke time. <laughs> yeah. You're like a bullet through a windshield that shattered history. So even though you only changed one thing, it reverberated through. But it's stupid. It's a stupid thing. Here's here's one thing I hate about like I hate I hate about Flash in general. The implication in every single Flash story I've seen is that when Flash changes the timeline, a good guy, when the hero changes the timeline, it's unacceptable. The timeline will be like, fuck you. I will fuck up everything to change this. But when Reverse Flash routinely changes the timeline, he murdered Barry's mom. He's fucking up the timeline just by being in the past. Uh, He mentioned that in issue one. That because he's the reverse Flash, he gets his powers from the reverse Speed Force, which doesn't follow the same rules. So his reverse Speed Force is it lets him break time without having consequences. So in this fucking the the fairness of this fucking universe is that this guy could just go back and fucking kill like uh, Obama before he's born, and and Bad just like I guess that's gonna happen. I gotta let that happen. Yeah, I I I fucking hate that. I don't know to the extent how much. Um, time travel happens in comics. Uh, I haven't seen that many that are actually time travel stories, but it seems really crazy to me that you could do it in such a way like this where you go and... Like, it just changes, has such far-reaching effects. And then this guy knows... Like, he knew what was happening this whole time just so he could show up dramatically and be like, hey, fuck you, you did this. Like, how is he... Is he outside of time, like, aware of this? Yeah, they need, but they needed someone to explain the plot because otherwise Barry will never find yeah. out. So I just want to go into a little bit of detail on how time travel had worked in the Flash universe before. Basically, Barry and Reverse Flash were characters in the '60s and '70s where they didn't really—they were all one and done stories where they would like go back in time and like fight dinosaurs. Like it wasn't like it wasn't these long-reaching like you've messed with the timeline. It was just very like goofy sci-fi time travel, like Doctor Who kind of time travel, and then. After Barry died, time travel stopped being a part of the Flash thing unless it was part of, like, a set timeline that was always the case. So, like, if they did a time travel, they would make it work where, like, that's what always happens. Like, how the time turner works in Harry Potter. Like, you can only travel in time if that's what you already did. You know what I mean? But that explains why I hate this time travel so much because that's the type of time travel I actually love where you have to go back in time and do what you already did. Yeah, so that's the way it was for a long time. And then when Barry came back from the dead... Because he hadn't been a character since, like, things were really goofy, a lot of writers, Jeff Johns especially, had a hard time rectifying the goofy side of him with the more modern, nuanced Flash universe that had come to build in the 20 years Barry was dead. So they're trying to have their cake and eat it too and have, like, these weird concepts but played off seriously, and it just fails miserably, in my opinion. I just don't get, how does it not create, like, a time paradox or something? Well, that's why this story sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so then they try and ex- they try and explain yeah. like more time physics by being like, "Oh, just so you know, um, I always needed you." This is what Reverse Flash is saying to Flash, um, because if you didn't exist, the Speed Force wouldn't be accessible in my time, the twenty fifth century. But I was running through the time stream when you went back and ran through the time stream and punched or didn't punch yeah. your mom. 
And because of that, I'm a paradox now, and I can't be killed. Or... Uh. Yeah, and it's... This is the kind of thing that, like, villain monologuing with really convoluted, like, plot armor kind of stuff works when they're goofy stories in the 60s about, like, Magneto changing the, like magnetic poles to make like people telepathic or whatever or, like one time barry ran so fast that he ran past a criminal and he could control things with his mind because of how fast it was <laughs> and like it's a stupid thing but it's wrapped up in eight pages or like you know 20 pages and like you can deal with it because it's a goofy thing when you try to play it straight it's really weird either play it like have a serious story or don't do one it doesn't work when you try to combine them yeah, it's really, yeah. It, it's nonsensical near the end. And I also don't understand how speedsters work exactly. Like, if they if they can go so fast, they can run back in time, right? Um, yeah. Is their perception not up to that speed? Yes, they can see that. that they can, their senses are that fast. Okay, but yes. then how do they just constantly get beaten up? Or as we're about to see, how do That's you get stabbed from behind? That's a good question. <laughs> I, I, That's yeah, fucking really good question. The Flash is my favorite character. And this is one of those things that, I always have to like roll my eyes and be like, yeah, I know. I know. If they can run so fast that they can go back in time and like they have such molecular control that they could phase through walls and stuff, how do they ever get beaten by anybody ever? Especially guys and, with like cold guns and fucking trickster gear. Well, okay, I could tell you why Captain Cold's the greatest and could beat the Flash. Alright, how about the time, trickster? Trickster is literally a clown that beats the Flash. How about Yeah. How about an old guy with a sword? Which is what yeah. happens. Which is what happens. As Reverse Flash is standing there laughing at Barry Allen being like, I could kill you in your mother's womb this second. You can't hurt me. And he just gets stabbed. Yeah. By Batman. Yeah. From behind. Because it's Jeff Johns. So Batman like, just, in, I can walk all the way up to him and just and stab him without Flash noticing him. Reverse Flash noticing him. That's the craziest thing. It's like, if you can go, if you can kill him in his mother's womb, like, it, you didn't have like three seconds to notice there's a guy creeping up on you with a giant sword. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that, like, that's the thing DC struggles with a lot is their characters are so overpowered that they kind of have to be, like, stupid to, like, tell compelling stories. But it's more like the way it's handled, though, it's more like the story has to be written to make it convenient for the writers. So the story right. Yeah. That's what it and, feels like, like, you can, yeah, you can tell great Flash stories where he's super overpowered. And, like, the stuff in the 90s does that really, really well. Jeff Johns' Flash run does that really well with Wally West. But... It's lazy, and that's one thing that we felt a lot about the TV show, that season two especially, they just start making it like, oh, no, he's just an idiot. Yeah. That's why. That's <laughs> and, why. like, to make to make this goofy villain who's, like, not strong at all beat the Flash, you have to kind of, like, you don't have to, but a lot of writers rely too much on, like, such a suspension of disbelief that you're like, oh, okay, I guess they can beat him. Yeah, that's stupid though. Yeah, for me, but like that kind of stuff when it yeah. when it feels like the the writers willing to cheat like that, um, just because they're lazy or slash incompetent and they need they need to progress the plot in the way they want, they can't figure out how, so they just cheat. It's it takes me out of it. I mean, with this yeah, comic, yeah. I was never in it, but like <laughs> we talked a lot about that in the Superman Grounded episode and the Bronze Age Superman episode. That Superman gets this more than anybody. Where Superman's someone that it's really hard to write compelling, because like, why doesn't he just stop it? Yeah. Why doesn't he just beat them? And like, that's why the best Superman stories stand out to me because like, you have to be clever to tell a story with someone as powerful as Superman or the Flash. 
and like usually Jeff Johns is. Now at this point, he's not. We'll get into uh, my theory why as we get to the end, but for now, okay. For what now, happened? There's a joke. Doctor's advice: When you're in the middle of a war, don't stand still. Yeah, so Batman's what? a real joker in this. Uh, in uh, my son is dead. That's his, that's his wife. That's his wife is the actual joker. Yeah. <laughs> so now it's lots and lots of battle porn. So much it's people fighting, porn. people fighting, people fighting. There's an alien man. Yeah. What is that thing? That that it's like the resistance is here, and then this like tongue alien man jumps out of nowhere. Oh yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> Whatever. He's like this weird. He looks like Zorak from uh, Space Ghost. Yeah, it's just all this nonsense. It's like, like you said, battle point. It's it's just all these superheroes like just beating each other up and murdering each other for no reason. So then, uh, let's see. So Reverse Flash is dead. Superman comes back, and Barry's like, "I knew it," and he saves the day. Yeah, that's, it doesn't matter. Ba- that's the thing is like again with this with this story that the biggest flaw is like there's so they pretend like there's gonna be payoff. And this whole time you've been like, Superman's going to come back. Barry keeps saying, Superman's going to come back. And then Superman comes back and it doesn't matter. He just starts fighting. He just joins the battle porn and just, yeah, yeah. that's and it. And the world starts ending anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So then Batman's dying. He gives Barry a letter for his son and he says, I'm sorry about your mom. And, ba- and Barry runs to his mom's house because that's what you do in the middle of a war. Yeah. And he goes, mom. He like teleports there. It's because he, uh, he says he was thinking about her, so he teleports there. Oh, is that how it works? Yeah, so that's how it works, apparently. I don't know. You you guys are the comic experts. So imagine if you were Barry's mom, and he just shows up in this bizarre costume, bloody and all, like, scarred and cut up, and he's just like, Mom, this is all my fault. Yeah. Like, what the... the she's, okay, she's, she's, she's very calm and neutral about it. Like, oh, I understand, son. Tell me more. Yeah, she really, well, okay, she really so, is fine with it. So this world is about to be, like, destroyed. And he stops and meets with his mom and recaps the entire plot. They don't show it, thank God. But, like, she, he, she's giving him advice that, like, she has to know this his whole universe. Like, she has to know his whole history about, like, how he went back in time and saved her and, like, all these things. And now he's the Flash. And, like, she basically says, like, you have to go back and kill me because I won't have all these people's be my fault. Yeah. No, she but, really um, does, like, very calmly. He's just like, all right, Barry, son, you just kill me. Come, come back in time, punch me in the face. <laughs> but but um, this this feels like a very cheap and lazy way to try to make the story feel like, A, it has some kind of meaning to it, and B, some kind of, like, emotional touching scene, poignant touching scene between Barry and his mom. Like if she was just saying, and it doesn't. If she was just saying the generic stuff like, "Oh Barry, you you're a great hero. I love you." It would be very meaningless because we fucking had a million stories like that. But like that would make more sense than her telling all the stuff that she had, would really not think to say realistically. And yeah. and she she figures out what to do because he's like, "I can't do it without the cosmic treadmill," which you guys have mentioned to me, but I didn't realize like it's literally a treadmill. In, it's in a cosmic the... treadmill. It's literally a treadmill. Yeah. And she yeah. she figures out. But you were thinking about me, and you teleported to me. Think about yourself on the cosmic treadmill, and you'll teleport to yourself on the cosmic treadmill. <laughs> so, at the, so then it shows him running on the cosmic treadmill, and he sees himself about to stop his mom from dying, and he tackles himself off the treadmill. And because of that, we get this big two-page spread of all these different universes colliding. Do you yeah. want to give a little bit of backstory on that slide? So all these universes are all uh, DC's different imprints. They have Vertigo, which is like a dark, gritty imprint. They have uh, Wildstorm, 
which was like their '90s edgy imprint. And basically, when they did New 50, when they did their Flashpoint and a New Fifty Two, they basically merged all the timelines together to make it simple. And most of the time, in most cases, it made all the all the stories worse or it didn't affect them at all. Yeah. So it basically is showing, like, totally shoehorned out of nowhere. Hey, this is the new reboot. Yeah, yeah. and they really just they explicitly are like. He says, I see three timelines. And then the voice of the writer is here. It's like, history needed this to happen. The editors told us to make this happen. Warner Brothers told (laughs) us we weren't selling enough comic books. Yeah. And he's like, the timelines must become one. Go have many issues and we will meet you again. So now he wakes up in the same scene from issue one where Forrest, his buddy's there. And he's like, Barry, you're in your regular universe. Don't worry. Everything's normal. (laughs) And Flash runs to Batman and he's like, it's Bruce, right? And Bruce is like, yeah, duh. Why wouldn't it be, idiot? What's going on? And then it's quick cut to Barry having already summed up the story for the second time in this issue. Yep. And everyone's costume is like super 90s now. They have all these extra lines on them. Flash has a chin guard. And then Barry basically says like, well, I got this special gift because... In the other, in the Flashpoint world, my memories were erasing themselves, but now I remember my whole life with my mom and my regular life, which sounds like it would lead to some problems. Yeah, some like, like remembering two full. Yeah, like I feel like it would be so hard to like keep those two lives separate in my head. No, but yeah. I'm not the Flash. Don't worry, so they they explain it scientifically. I mean, it's just the the residue of the chronal uh, chronal residue in his bloodstream. So. What the fuck? Oh, that, that must be it. And Batman says, or it could be a gift to make it all a little easier. What? What easier? What? <laughs> I hope he only retains the memories of, like, his wife having that new husband. Yeah. And, like... <laughs> uh, Batman being uh, evil, fucking... Uh, yeah. Superman being a skeleton. I saw you murder yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. And this is when Barry gives the letter to Bruce... From his dad, and he's like, "What is this?" And he reads it, and it says, "Love always, your father Thomas." And Bruce is crying, and he's like, "You're one hell of a messenger." Thanks, Barry. Because you're welcome, Bruce. And it ends. Can the end now? As someone who didn't really, really realize how much they were rebooting into like three timelines and stuff, it was kind of confusing to me that he's like, he's running through three timelines, but then he shows up and he's like, "Oh, everything's normal." Everything's fine, I think. He's not even sure. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, investigator. The fact that the fact that he actually at this point in DC's history erased a lot of his supporting cast and like his nephew and like a lot of his friends, like that's pretty horrible. And yeah. he's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's fine. I remember that whole world, but I'm not gonna think about like my, my family or anything. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So So uh, the recap page. Is this a good, is this a, a terrible book? Is it a so bad it's good? Or is it a, a great book? I think it's terrible. Phil? Oh, never I th- mind. I think <laughs> it's like, if I just rambled on and made up garbage for 20 minutes and then told you the story, like, it might have been interesting at points because it's like, wow, wow I didn't expect that, I guess. But if it has no point, it has nothing tying it together. The only point is, LOL, sell more comics. It kind of yeah. felt to me like by the end I was like, so that is that I guess. I, I didn't I didn't hate it, but it it just felt useless. It, it felt really useless. Tell me why you hate Fly. <laughs> it it just I, I have harsh feelings for it because 
uh, Erased the Universe that I loved. But also I hate it because this yeah. is like everything I hate in comics where it's so inaccessible. It relies on tie-ins. So you have to buy all these other books to make, to make sense of this. You have to all these characters to make sense of this. It is like when people say like comics, I can never get into them. Like it's too hard to figure out where to start. This is a book that says, yeah, you're right, people. That uh, This is what comics are. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's why I hate it. How about you, Ryan? I, when I first read it, I hated it for, like, the stuff you were saying, like, because it rebooted my favorite universe and all that stuff. But I remember thinking, like, it's fine as, like, an alternate universe, like, how different things are a story. But as a reboot story, it was terrible. Rereading it, there is, there's not a lot of good stuff in there. Yeah. I think some of the concepts are cool. Like, I think the idea of having two super-powered armies, like, kind of conquer the world and having no, it just, regular world politics don't matter when you have two armies with superpowers that could be interesting the superman thing like i said is is my high point of the book i think that's really interesting but like narratively it's 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 not good it's pretty shitty (laughs) i think the high point for me was just the first issue when batman is like i'm thomas wayne and i was like oh that's actually an interesting concept that it's like this is why he's such a more brutal batman because a kid seeing his parents die might grow up with certain ideals but like a father watching his son die uh might be a lot more jaded yeah yeah and i think that and like you said with i didn't know joker was you know martha wayne but it's a cool idea i think yeah i actually my my opinion uh like if we're talking about high points my high point is thomas wayne in general because he's one of the few characters that actually feels like he has an emotional weight or any kind of interesting elements to him like he's the only one that feels like actual character like, I understand all of his motivations in the story. Yes, I, yes. He is yeah. the only character in the entire story who moves the plot and his motivations for doing so are very clear. He keeps yeah. saying, if you can go back to the time when Bruce is alive, it's all worth it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's actually the only Flashpoint character that made it into the New 52 because when they launched an Earth 2 book of, like, an alternate universe, they took his design and his... They tweaked his motivation a little bit, but, like, it's very similar where the Batman of Earth 2 was Thomas Wayne. And, like, that was one thing that I was like, oh, the one good thing from Flashpoint, I'm really glad you guys kept this around because that's a really cool idea. And did the book get canceled immediately after that? Uh, The book didn't get canceled. It got fucking just ruined. (laughs) But that's... that's We're not talking about that. (laughs) That's that's a book we... I would love to do Earth 2 World's End at some point because, wow, that book was something... We should talk about Jeff Johns a little bit and uh, Andy Cooper. Andy Cooper, the artist, is like a very established uh, artist in general. And his dad has his own art school for comics called the, the Cooper School for Art. He was a big 90s mm. X-Men artist. Yeah. And I think that shows in this book. It is. It's a lot. It's It's very polished and it actually looks really pretty for the most part. But it does have this kind of like edgy, liney 90s feel. As a non-comic fan, how did you feel about that? I liked it, actually. Um, I guess I I should have mentioned that as something I actually liked about the book. Um, It's, how do I say? It looks clean in a good way. Not, like, too clean where, like, everyone looks stiff. Um, I, and for me, seeing all these characters I didn't know. It looks sleek. It looks sleek. That's the the word, yeah. Um, Yeah. And seeing all these characters I didn't know, it was cool to see some of their designs. I mean, some of them looked really dumb, but... Some of them are really dope, but some of them look really interesting. Um, and I think the action stuff was done pretty well, too. Besides, like you said, the stereotypical stab from behind. Um, yeah. Other than that, I, I liked the art. 
And also that alien looking guy is the Canterbury Cricket. <laughs> oh, oh <wow>. of course. <laughs> okay, so I wanted to give a little bit of backstory on Jeff Johns. Because Jeff Johns is, is really like kind of the architect of DC for the last like 50, 20 years probably, 15 years. And the reason why I think it's important is he brought back Green Lantern, the Silver Age Green Lantern, just like the Silver Age Barry. And it was controversial at first because people didn't really want him to come back from the dead. And he built a really, really great story with it. And it culminated in a big event called Blackest Night that justified why he brought the character back. That like you needed this character to tell this great story you wanted to tell. So when Flashpoint was announced, I was like, oh, he's doing the same thing. He's rebuilding the Flash. You know, I don't really want Barry to come back, but he convinced me with Hal. So let's see what happens with Barry. And I think that if this was allowed to be a DC event without it tying into the reboot, it probably would have been a lot better. And it probably would have been a lot more character driven, like the stuff that Jeff Johns always does really well. But I think because... DC wanted to reboot. I personally, I don't have any evidence to back this up, but I think they made Jeff Johns do the whole really convoluted timeline thing to give a reason why it rebooted. And I think that's one of the main reasons why the story is so terrible. Cause we talked a lot about how like, you know, there are some cool concepts. The world is pretty neat, but the climax of the story is total garbage. And the whole climax deals with the timeline stuff. And I feel like if, it didn't need to have a total shift in timeline. He probably could have gotten a better story out of it, especially at this point. Like Jeff Johns was like top of his game. Well, maybe not top of his game, but he was still yeah, pretty I, I great. I want to argue that point because I think this was when Jeff Johns started. Because like, I think Jeff Johns is a really great writer when he's really invested in telling story. But I do think when he phones it in, he he phones it in. Like it 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 produces shit like this. And I th- yeah, and I think he phoned it in because he wanted to tell a big Flash story like Blackest Night yeah. level, but instead he was given five issues to reboot a universe. You know, Blackest Night is nine issues, and he was, yeah. you know, and, and he was writing other titles at the time, and the whole universe shifted around it, where here, every book in DC got put on hiatus except Flashpoint, and it became just tie-ins that Jeff Johns wasn't writing. Yeah. So I think that that's why he phoned it in, because he was like, well, I can't do what I want to do, so here's some bullshit. And I read uh, one of the tie-ins, and one of my big problems with it is, since Flashpoint was, and the period that it existed was so short, it's hard to get invested in literally three issues of a book. Especially what, yeah. the one I read was Secret Seven, and uh, it was a team book about seven members. And the book is so short that, like, uh, one of the members doesn't even join up with the rest of the team. Like, because <laughs> that's so ridiculous. And one of the other ones shows up just to die at the end. Like, it has really, it's there's not enough time to build a universe within the time span they gave yeah. Johns. Like, how much and, like, time the did sto- they spend? Did he spend like planning this stuff out? Like, if you look- yeah, well, that's actually yeah. What I was gonna say is. The story that established that the reverse Flash killed Flash's mom is called Flash Rebirth. And at the end of the hardcover for that book, Jeff Johns has a big afterword where he outlines all of his plans for the Flash franchise. And he had these two books that he planned, one with all the Flash family members like Wally and Kid Flash and, you know, all the old Flash and like the 10 speedsters that exist. And he had actual plans for every character going forward. He brought back another speedster from the dead and... He had this idea to build this whole franchise like he did with Green Lantern. And instead, he got 12 issues of the regular Flash book and then immediately Flashpoint. So where Green Lantern, he wrote for a decade. Flash, he wrote for a year. 
And that's a big difference. And I think that he actually had big plans. And I think as he geared up to Flashpoint, they said, okay, you're doing a reboot. You have five issues. Make it happen. Because we talked about this on the Grounded episode, too, where JMS took over Superman and they said, oh, we're rebooting, by the way. So wrap this up in another 10 issues yeah. or whatever. That's what, that's what happens when we tell writers, like, just wrap up your shit. We're, we're, we're making everything you did just not matter. So wrap it up. Chop, chop. Yeah. So does it feel, as someone who didn't know any of that backstory stuff, Phil, does it feel like a shitty story or does it feel really rushed? <sighs> it's hard to say. It feels like a shitty story, not just like it was rushed. Because, like, if this was a 10-issue thing, I think it would still be dumb as a concept. Like, that you're going to reboot this way. Well, that's why I don't think he originally knew that this, what he was leading to, was going to be the reboot. I think he just thought it was going to be another Flash story. And then what happens at the end? I don't know. Without spoiling anything, I would just point to the first season of the Flash TV show, which deals with a lot of these same themes in a much, much better way. And Jeff Johns is, like, a supervisor, and he writes a lot of the episodes, and, like, he does have his hand in that show. I think that that show is closer to what he wanted to do about Flash's mom than this book is, personally. But I don't have anything to back that up. Speaking of that, uh, let's get to recommendations. Wait. We haven't been going that long. How long? I have a question if you want. I want a question. I want it so bad. Okay. So this actually really, really ties into all the stuff we're talking about. This question comes from Brian via Gmail. If you guys have any questions, write us in divisiveissues at gmail.com or tweet at us at divisiveissues, our Facebook page, blah, blah, blah. You, you guys know all this deal by now. So Brian asks, what is a trope you see far too often in storytelling? I brought up my trope actually during this episode. I hate the trope. I don't know if this is a trope specifically, and I don't know what it's called, but I hate in, in comics the idea they have here where Flash, uh, reverse Flash can go back in time and fuck up Barry's mom and Barry can't even go back and save his mom without fucking the timeline. It, it stems back to the idea of like, uh, Joker can kill a million people and Batman can't kill him back because then he's just as bad as him and all these other ideas. Basically, the villains yeah. can win constantly and constantly while the heroes can never win. And you're supposed to just accept this and basically live, accept these kind of like hopeless world where a hero can't win literally. And it pisses me yeah, off every we, time it happens. We talked about that in, Cry, in the Cry for Justice episode or the Rise and Fall episode, I guess. Yeah. Where like, if a hero kills one person, even in self-defense, they're like, they're just as bad as the villains. Yeah. Like, no, they're definitely not. Like, you killed somebody to save somebody's life, and you're just as bad as, like, the Joker who kills a thousand people? Like, no. Yeah. Hate, that's not how that works. I just hate that tr- that idea. Like, that, that black and white moral, like, there's no gray area whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, I have to agree. You got one, Phil? Yeah. I know we already kind of talked about this, but, like, I hate when time travel is done this way so much. I just... Me too. I it, it to me this this ruins the story. It's hard for me to enjoy a story like this, even if the writing is good, even if there's not characters having exposition by staring at a costume. It's like <laughs> when time travel is handled yeah. this way, to me that's just it's so sloppy and it's not it's not just Flashpoint that does this. This is actually a pretty common thing where yeah. it's they just they they wanna come to a certain end and they have weird time travel magic basically that doesn't make sense it doesn't have a time loop and it's like it just creates a lot of paradoxes and i'm not trying to like nitpick like well it doesn't make sense why he didn't go back and whatever but 
it actually it doesn't make sense. And like I was saying before, how I get taken out when it's it's not like when something doesn't fit, it feels like the writer's cheating. It this whole book, because of how the time travel's handled, just feels like the writer is just cheating and it, it makes me so not invested in the story. Well, yeah. my opinion is that time travel is like magic where you like obviously you can't have a scientific a consistent way for like magic to work. But what you do is you set up rules, you set up stakes, and you ha- you have to be consistent with the with the rules you set up. Because if you're not, then then it's hard for the audience to get invested because they're like anything can happen. Like if if the magic is like I can magic up fucking a uh, uh, a meteor to, sh- to kill my enemy at any point when the plot deems it necessary, then yeah. you just feel like it's bullshit. And like when you read like that's why like Harry Potter. Is considered like good magic because they explain like oh here's the killing curses here's that and they usually stick with the, those spells, but then you have like uh, bullshit magic stories where they just magic up whatever is convenient for the plot, and same thing with time travel like you can have time travel work in whatever way you want to but you have to be consistent with how you explain it and this story is not cons- yeah. this, this this story betrays the time travel of, that this universe existed before it. And I think the more you try to explain things like time travel, things that like we don't actually understand, the harder it is to keep that straight. Like I would have rather them just say like when you change history it gets fucked up. When they go into like the reverse speed force yeah. has different rules. Yeah. It's like that's stupid. Just say it does just even even when things are like we don't really understand how it works. Yeah, I would rather have that than this total nonsense. Yeah, either, either be consistent or just don't give an explanation whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of times the best the best handling of time travel is just it creates another timeline. That's it. When you go back in yeah, time, I agree. it's another timeline. Because here, what, what it, the reason it gets into such messy territory, it's because like, no, it's the same timeline, but you affected the future, but then he never would have gone back in time to punch his mom because he'd be coming out of this world. So how... How could it have ever happened in the first place? Yeah. So it's just, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. The trope that I hate, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about it because we've definitely talked about it a bunch of times on the show, but I have to mention it every time I can. And it does kind of tie into Flashpoint, not in a obvious way, but it definitely does. Um, the concept of fridging, when you just introduce a love interest just to kill them. And I feel like Barry's mom in this story just exists to be a decision Barry has to make. That is so yeah. it's such a good point because Barry's mom, you would think in a story about her, Barry's mom being alive, she'll be a character, but she's not a character at all. She's in the first issue yeah, and the last she's, issue. She's in the first issue and then at the very end. And all she's there to is be like, hey, Barry, this is the good thing that exists in this world. And then at the end, she's she just gives him the blessing so that he doesn't have to feel guilty about it. Yeah. So, like, his entire, her arc is just to make Barry feel bad and then make Barry feel better. I mean, she's not, she's, she's, not, not even a, she's not a character at all. She's just, no. like, they're objectifying her. But they actually are. She's just, like, a thing that he's, like, I'm sad. A goal. She's just, yeah. like, a goal for him to get yeah. and, and it's actually interesting because I don't think I've ever seen Fridging done in a way that wasn't sexual. Like, there, she's not a romantic character, but she definitely follows the same exact trope. Of introduce a love interest or introduce a female character, introduce any character just to kill them or to have them just push the main character's, you know, narrative along instead of actually developing them at all. Like, what name a trait about Barry's mom that isn't Barry's mom? You can't. There's, you can't. There's nothing. She likes going to dinner on her birthday. That's why you do that. Who doesn't like to do that? Yeah. 
I would actually be really interested in what any of our listeners' tropes are that they either like or dislike because, like, we talk a lot about tropes. I feel like that's, like, kind of the main theme of the show is, like, dissecting the tropes that are used in things. And sometimes you use well, sometimes you use poorly. And, like, if you guys have any, you know, any tropes of your own that you like or dislike, write us in. Divisive issues at whatever media you're on. It's the same account for everything. <laughs> so now, recommendations. Let's go first. You go first, Sly. All right, my recommendation is The Flashpoint Paradox, which is the movie version of this story. And like Phil was saying, like, he can never imagine this story ever being good. And I felt the same way, which is why I really admired the movie because I feel like it... Even if you don't think it's, it's, it's good, which I think it is good, I think... It is an amazing testament how good they made it, considering how shitty the source material is. And, like, it solves a lot of the problems I have in the story. Like, most of the really unimportant characters, like Elemental Woman or Citizen Cold, denied it at all. And uh, they focus just on the characters that actually matter. Wait, who, who is they that? Also who actually, matters besides Flash? Well, Cyborg matters because he's, he's like, the military guy who gives him to Superman. And like, and that's a good point. Like, who matters? The movie makes you feel like these characters matter because, like, even though, yeah. even though, like, like Superman's story in the movie is actually one of my favorite aspects of it because uh, when when they go to save him in the book, he's like pretty much like a no. Like, you you only like him because he's Superman. You know Superman, so you like Superman. Yeah. In the movie, they have this really cool arc where Cyborg's like the, he's like the heroic government guy working for Obama. And he's saving people. And Superman looks up to Cyborg. And basically he models himself after Cyborg. And there's an interesting subplot with that. And it's actually touching. And they're basically all actually characters. These aren't just elements to move the plot forward. Yeah. They're actually characters. And that's why I really admire it. And I recommend it. If you want to see the story done well, go watch the movie. Yeah, I'm still a little harsh on the movie through no fault of its own because the end is still really, really stupid. This is the end of the book. But that's not the movie's fault. That's like they can't change the entire plot of the book, yeah. you know, if they're going to adapt it. So like the movie is the best version of this story that I think you can make. And they, they definitely flesh out a lot more. And there's a lot more like there's stuff like you mentioned the like Super Obama cyborg and stuff. Yeah, there's one panel of him wearing a Made in America button while he talks to Obama. And I feel like they take like the concept and actually flesh everything out yeah. in a way that none of that shows up in the in the book at all. Yeah. What about you, uh, Phil? I'm going to give a non comic book related suggestion and say that what? Yes. Yeah, heresy. <laughs> I'm allowed to do that. You can't stop me. You're not even the first one. Sly's recommended movies before. I've recommended Yeah, well, TV I'm going to recommend TV shows and movies that are not based on comics at all. Just Well, what was that? You recommended like a horror movie or something once. Yeah, so like... fine. So, so I'm not the first. I get it. Okay. Um, if you if you want to see time travel done really well, this is an anime called Stein's Gate. It's actually based off a uh, visual novel, so it kind of is like a comic. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> It's you, <laughs> it's a it's an anime that that takes this concept of I don't want, I don't want to give too much away but of, of altering the past and it's the implications that it could have and does it in basically everything Flashpoint does wrong that show does right um, it's it's move all the characters are are so uh, you get so connected to the characters and they they handle like you said slide before about consistency. They handle everything consistently yep. within the universe so that you never feel like, oh, this is dumb. You're like, this is just how it works here. And it's it's very, it feels very logical. Cool. What about you, Ryan? I 
am going to recommend an arc of Jeff Johns' Teen Titans called Titans of Tomorrow. I think his whole run is definitely worth reading, but this arc in particular, the reason why I'm recommending it is because it's Jeff Johns telling a time travel story that is so much better, and it also has a darker Batman in it, and... (laughs) Like, the heroes are maybe more edgy and darker than they, you know, are in the regular universe. But it's just way better than Flashpoint in every single way. And also, Mike McCone does the art. And even though I liked Andy Kubert's art, I like Mike McCone a lot more. Cool. Uh, So, uh, is that it? That's it. Yeah. Rate and review us on iTunes, Tell us if Phil sucks. (laughs) Also, okay, whoever wrote the review under the username Wes Willis, Wes Willis... Tell me who you are, because I want to know. It might know. be. Because it can't it be. It could be Wesley Willis. Is it really Wes? But uh, he's dead. Well, it could be him coming back in time to tell us. Wait, wait. He died past. Wait, he died so before. So he's coming, coming forward in, in time. Okay. Uh, it makes sense, because well, it makes sense because of the Speed Force <laughs> and the uh, reverse Speed Force. You know, when they come together, they Wesley Willis yeah. is alive. Right. If anyone should be the... Like, the reverse of a hero, I think Wesley Willis would be the one. <laughs> he whooped Spider-Man's ass. And Batman's yep. ass. <laughs> yep. That's true. Okay. Okay, so, so I think that, that'll good. wrap yep. it up. So I've been uh, Cy Crapper. And I've been Ryan Lynch. And I'm always Phil Mavrikis. Stay in continuity.